Slate's TV Club Insider Podcast is sponsored by the new ABC series, American Crime. This March, one crime will affect so many lives. From the Oscar-winning screenwriter of 12 Years a Slave comes the year's most extraordinary drama. Don't miss American Crime, premiering Thursday, March 5th, 10, 9 central on ABC. The following podcast contains spoilers. We strongly recommend you watch the episode of The Americans we're discussing before you listen to this podcast. The following podcast contains explicit language. We do have Carrie Russell with us, and her pants are unbuttoned. I have a shirt covering them. I'm just <laughs> saying I want my gut to be able to hang out and be comfortable when I'm answering Molly's I would say Carrie, has, Carrie has no gut. At least she's wearing pants, which is more than I can say for the two of you. The podcast were totally in control until you were a guest. <laughs> No! <laughs> They'll be like, what broke you, new spot? And I'm like, Russell. Russell! Wait, Russell. Guys, hold on. Bong hits. Welcome to Slate's TV Club Insider Podcast for Season 3, Episode 6 of The Americans, Born Again. In this episode, we're going to talk about smoking cigs, Carrie Russell's baptism, and all things Elizabeth. I'm here today with my bosses, Joel Fields and Joe Weisberg, and their boss, Carrie Russell. (laughs) Um, So thanks for joining us today, Carrie. Thanks. Thank you. (laughs) So this season, you are trying to ruin your daughter's life. Why are you doing that? (laughs) Because it's fun. (laughs) Um, I I have to say, uh, Matthew Reese, who plays Philip, we we have this joke, or we had it from the very beginning, because... um, Holly Taylor, who plays Paige, is like the sweetest, most pale-faced, angelic, like little doe-eyed girl. (laughs) We used to have this joke all the time where we just, whenever we were in a scene with her, we'd walk out of the scene, we'd look at each other and we'd go, fuck you, Paige! (laughs) (laughs) Because it's like so not what you would do to that kid. And this season we are, we're like, Fuck you, Paige. Watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so t- I mean, we're not exactly Happy doing birthday. That, but- Here's a gun. Let's <laughs> yeah. explain what a honey trap yeah. is. You're going to love it. You're going to love it, kid. But, yeah. you know, Great. behind the scenes, her and Kedrick both, since season one, have been like, when do we get to be spies? I know. I know. They're obsessed with it. They're obsessed. I know. She's, she's really Which not, not so angelic. Which of them do you think yeah. would be a more functional spy, Kedrick or Holly? I don't know, man. Kedrick smashed that bottle over that guy's head in the first uh, season. That's true. But then again, uh, Holly's been pretty good with the snooping around with the lying. It's always better to be the quiet one in the corner. Always. That, yeah. They never see that one coming. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> Who knows anyway. what Henry is doing with that uh, electronic game, though? This oh, is true. Football game? No. Uh, so it's one of the things that has been slowly driving Elizabeth insane yeah. is uh, – Paige's interest in Christianity. Totally yes. normal teenage breakout. And yeah. this episode opens with that, uh, the baptism scene. Yeah. And you and Matthew and Kedrick are just sitting there reacting to that. But there's actually a lot of tension in the scene because even though it's just Tim talking, it's pretty otherwise for you guys a dialogueless scene. Um, how conscious are you in scenes like that of like thinking about the, the big arc of everything that's happening and how much of that is just like reacting to what's in front of you and how what does this moment mean for Elizabeth in terms of this losing battle that she's had with Paige? We're mostly just thinking about what's for lunch. Yeah. Mostly. You can really tell. You can mostly. feel it. Yeah, I'm like, early you still have fri- no, they had that yesterday. Um, so that look of horror in your eyes is realizing that it's not sushi fried. It's like lasagna. It's like, oh. Um, uh, first of all, I love the the whole storyline of that it, it, this teenager 
that the thing that's unraveling Elizabeth is that she is into church. Like, I just, you know, not drugs, not this crazy biker boyfriend who's taking her out, like, to Miami or something (laughs) when she's 15, but church. Like, church camp and, you know, little boys singing about Jesus and with guitars. I, I love that that's her undoing. And I think it's devastating to Elizabeth. I think everything she, you know believes in and thinks is important and vital in a person and like respects in a person is not that is not religion so she's just like whoa how did we how did we get this far and we're letting our kid be baptized oh did anyone read um uh the atlantic you know how they always do this whole thing did did you read that piece about how that she was saying oh you know i got baptized did you read that part i read the recap but i can't remember oh what it's she said. so great she said you know i grew up in west texas it's so great and she said um to my russian parents and someone kind of came along and this minister and said can we take all the oh, kids in yeah, the apartment yeah, complex yeah. and baptize them and her parents were like uh, sure. Whatever. And they're like, What's that baptized? was hilarious. <laughs> right. They're like, that was hilarious that you did yeah, that. She said, why would it be such a big deal? I don't yeah. get it. It's like, well, yeah. Um, I thought that was really funny. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think it's um, I think it's a big deal. And I think it's, I think with the mother, everything that's going on with Elizabeth's mother and, you know, thinking about mortality. And, and I, I, I do think more so now than ever, I, I do think Elizabeth is close to Paige and feels close to her. And I think... This just is not what she wants. Like like so many parents see their kids and they just want them to understand their point of view and teenagers don't, you know. I was doing something else really wild while I was on the Mickey Mouse Club that my mom didn't like. It was but, all Jesus, right? That's that's exactly what it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you wanted to have a bat mitzvah. <laughs> I was like, I will have a bat mitzvah. I don't care what you say. Yeah. My haftorah is off the hook, you guys. <laughs> You know, I'd actually never, I've never been to a baptism and I had no... I was baptized. Was, I was baptized. Were, a mer- full immersion yeah. and everything. I didn't, know, I, didn't, yeah. 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 I didn't know that there was like a big thing that gets wheeled out that's a full kind well, of tub. Well, I think tub. it's different for every religion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was familiar with the sprinkling of water, but not right. the full Right, that's what I thought. Immersion. Immersion. Or something. Yeah. That became an interesting what? production. <laughs> <laughs> what did I miss? <laughs> immersion baptism nice. you you bat- what ages yeah, what you age? wouldn't get it, it was like Molly, how old were, uh, how old you get it? I was 8 13 or 14 wow yeah. was it like the scene old. in the show was it in, yeah. on a, in yeah, inside a church yeah. and Super into public like you get like the little white robe you wade in through the, the this is pool. it was so funny cuz so the Jews were like Looking in the catalog. And by the way, we had to order that. We had to order it and rent it, and it turns out that there's a whole business, baptismalstubs.com, well, or something so that we could get Tr- it from. Tracy Scott Wilson, who wrote this episode, is, I believe, the only non Jew on staff. <laughs> and I remember Tracy uh, called me in one day. She got the discount 10% and was like, off. Will you, will you come look at these pictures with me? And I was like, What are we looking at? And it was all these baptismal pools. And she was like, do you remember what, what your baptism looked like? And I'm like, I haven't thought about that in a long time. So <laughs> Tracy and I are sitting there, the only Gentiles in the room, looking at baptism that pools. That is really funny. It was a very special moment. So Carrie, did this, did this, joking aside, did it take you back in some way? Well, I, I was raised in a really kind of religious area, um, but my dad was never religious. So in a way, I was always sort of half in, half out, which is an ideal place to be. because. And then also when I became like a, pre-teen, teenager, we moved away. And it was sort of ideal because then I wasn't, you know, 16, still living in this really wonderful community that make the best babysitters of all time. But, like, I could still be kind of wild and be a kid, you know. Um, So I don't remember 
that much. But I, I, bottom line, I love that this is what drives Elizabeth crazy. As noted, she was thinking about lunch. I mean, pay attention, Joel. <laughs> Listen when the talent is speaking. <laughs> I usually do pay attention. I usually, lunch is usually on my mind. I'm going to be real. You've been so upset by lunch that day. <laughs> I was so <laughs> upset. <laughs> Um, yeah, I know. I, I thought that was, it was just the whole thing. And, and also as a parent, like watching this other adult have such an influence on your kid feels really awful. Like I, I, I wouldn't like that. <laughs> I wouldn't like, I'd be like, Shh, well, look at that. Go off. <laughs> but, but then over the course of the episode, you wind up revealing yourself to your daughter in that garage scene. And that was a, a very different kind of thing. <laughs> but Yeah. <laughs> That's what that's what you're here for, Molly. Um, okay, <laughs> yes. Joe's head is buried so far in his hands right now. Uh, but yeah, no, the, I was actually gonna ta- we were talking about this right before because the garage scene. Uh, I, I haven't seen when, that when you. Uh, go I know what you're talking yeah, about, but, but I remember you guys writing and rewriting that, and that went through so many iterations. And the biggest part of it that I think changed as the process went along was sort of the deliberateness mm-hmm. of when Elizabeth picks up the cigarettes and goes to the garage and is she doing it because she knows Paige is going to come in there looking for her and she's setting her up or is she going down there to like have a minute and Paige comes in and she's like well this is an opportunity to to have this conversation you know what this is ridiculous I look sometimes I smoke and I know you smoke Henry knows too we're not clueless mom and I'm not going to nag you about it because I know you already know it's really bad for you, but I will say that I wish you didn't, and I hope you quit. Don't look at me like that, Mom. Like what? I don't know, like that. I'm... I'm just impressed with you. That's all. You're just all grown up all of a sudden. Well, first we spent, like, two hours, which for us is, like, a lot of time figuring out how she should be tipped off that Paige is coming home. Should it be like the headlights or should she hear the car or one headlights or two? Or how should they play on the wall? And then Carrie marched into our office. <laughs> it's true. And when that happens, work stops. <laughs> <laughs> Shit happens. I hide under my desk. Snacks come in. <laughs> you don't do what I want. No. So my. It's an air raid signal. My pitch to them and always to you guys is one of my favorite things of this season too is as hardcore as Elizabeth is um, I think this season we're getting to see her and what I was paying attention to in that is kind of be jealous and feel insecure with Philip's sexuality elsewhere and I think there's a lot about this Kimberly storyline that's uncomfortable for her. Elizabeth also thinks, you know, she's really young. And it's also like for the first time in my mind, meanwhile, they're going, uh, we don't want you to be thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the first time she's really going, I don't like this. This is uncomfortable for me. And I like that because it's so human and emotional and um, not something we get to see a lot. So I was hoping that in the context of all of this stuff going on with Paige and husbands out having to seduce some teenager, and my pitch to you guys was just, can she be, like, going crazy up in the room, like, wondering what he's doing, thinking about Paige, just so overwhelmed and about to unravel. And I didn't want to 
know that Paige was coming home. I wanted it to be like out of her own frustration, needing the cigarettes, going to go fucking down and smoke and have a moment to like forget about this for a minute. And then Paige comes in and what I was hoping for was instead of a moment of Elizabeth kind of teaching Paige something, I wanted Paige to find her in a real moment, a real human moment in that weird way that every kid has with a parent. Like the first time you really see your parent and go, oh, right, they're just a person. Like she's all fucked up and angry and she's upset and she's smoking cigarettes. And and I wanted that moment of looking at her going, you know what? Yeah, I do. I smoke cigarettes. Life is hard sometimes and that's who I am. And um, I didn't see it, so maybe it didn't work out. But <laughs> we cut the scene, actually. Yeah. So. I, I didn't want to interrupt you, but that ended up on the floor. Uh, no, what I, what I actually what I was thinking about while I was watching that scene is that this seems like a moment where Elizabeth, for all of her hardline ideology and being so clear about who she is and what yeah. she wants, in a weird way, seems almost jealous or impressed by Paige Paige really knows herself Mm. and for all of Paige's difficulties with her parents and wanting to know what's going on and struggling with church and religion she really at least in this moment knows who she is and Elizabeth has this sort of moment of looking at her that's like man yeah I wish I had that yeah oh when she's talking about God and all that stuff that's right I remember that you know you just feel something and and just feeling like this disconnect of not totally feeling that self-assurance, I guess. Yeah. But I think all of that is there. And I think it was an interesting example of one of the ways we all work well together. Because right. what it wound up doing, I think, was making the scene at the same time more ambiguous and more specific. Right, right. And that's always a good thing for us. I think Josh Brand once said in the writer's room, ambiguity is good, confusion, confusion is bad. Confusion is bad. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about Bananagrams and Getting Stoned. Slate's TV Club Insider Podcast is sponsored by the new ABC series, American Crime. This March, one crime will affect so many lives. From the Oscar-winning screenwriter of 12 Years a Slave comes the year's most extraordinary drama. Don't miss American Crime, premiering Thursday, March 5th, 10, 9 central on ABC. You're still listening to Slate's TV Club Insider Podcast for the Americans. I am still Molly Nussbaum, and I am still here with... Joel Fields and Joe Weisberg and Carrie Russell. Welcome back. So I wanted to talk a little bit about Elizabeth and Gabriel because we've yeah. seen Elizabeth with uh, a couple different mentors over over the course of the three seasons, some that have worked better than others from uh, Zhukov to Claudia on the scale of working to not working. Um, and we see Elizabeth and Philip and Gabriel together, but we also see them separately a lot. And I was saying to the guys, and this was my joke pitch, that I want to be real. Philip and Gabriel are always playing Scrabble. I can't really see Elizabeth Jennings <laughs> getting invested in a Scrabble game. No patience for that shit. But, like, come on, Bananagrams? Just one time. <laughs> or, like, any other game. But, like, Bananagrams would be the funniest thing. Boggle? Can you see that? Boggle. I you know, I can kind of see Uno, maybe. Uno. Oh. <laughs> Uno, motherfucker! Uno! I'm just so... I'm out! Yeah. Um, what is Elizabeth's relationship with Gabriel like, and how do you think it's different from some of the other mentors or handlers that, that they've worked with over the years? First of all, I, I, as crazy as it was with Claudia, I love Margot Martindale. She's so... Yeah, she's that, that lady is wild and nuts, and I, she's... <laughs> I think one of the last um, times she was in the makeup trailer... Uh, we hadn't seen her in a long time, and it was snowy, and we were all like waiting for something for some car scene. <laughs> she just finished this movie with, I don't know, some 
dude. And she was describing him, and she's like, you know, he's like, he's like that big guy, you know, he's like, and we were like, no, no, no. And she's like, all I have to say is, I like the size of that man. <laughs> we were like, you, what? <laughs> I like the size of that man. I mean, I was just like, she's amazing. Anyway, I loved that relationship because I loved that, like, there's so few relationships where you can just absolutely wholeheartedly on the surface just be like seriously fuck you i don't believe anything you're saying go fuck yourself that's how i talk to joe These and guys. Yeah. yeah yeah that's the She's main inspiration not kidding that is for that relationship um, episode five that happened you, know, <laughs> you bitch yeah. yeah so i i love that i love that relationship and it's so i don't know for maybe for girls like it's it's not something i get to play a lot and elizabeth is so not about charming someone or pleasantries and and at the same time kind of respecting her at the same time you know claudia so i really enjoyed that relationship um gabriel it's different with gabriel because i think uh he has sort of like a father figure uncle kind of warmth although you know more and more as the season progresses it's interesting you know i think this solace that she found in him this whole stuff with Paige, I think, is so throwing Elizabeth off center. You know, sometimes you're in the midst of this fight for so long, and you're just fighting because you're on your side, you know? You're just like, no, I'm so into this side, and you're so hurt by the other things that the other person's saying, and you're not going to give up now. I mean, it's, you're too entrenched. And I think uh, that is a very interesting and very relatable dynamic, and I really... That's my favorite stuff, all the marriage and relationship stuff. But back to Gabriel. So I think um, I think she trusts him and f- thinks of him as familial in a way that these – if you consider that these people don't really have families, like they're – Gabriel's part of her family, or the only thing like it really. Well, you know, there was this interesting – I was reading a thing online where somebody was analyzing Gabriel from the perspective of – Everything he's done from the moment he's arrived has been this very clever manipulation of Philip and Elizabeth. And they were really going kind of line by line. He and is showing sort of. How, well, that's the great thing about him and about the story, yeah. I think, is that it's not either or. And it doesn't make him bad or evil if he is. There's, you know, he can both love them like yes. children the way he does, but also be manipulative in the way people are in the real world with people yeah. they love. It, it can all exist in the in the same yeah. story in just a human way, I think. Well, his manipulation also is so upfront that it's hard to argue with. Yeah. Right. It's, yeah. There's no deception. He's not hiding his yeah. goals. Yeah. yeah. But it's interesting hearing you talk about the intense personal dynamics that you respond to because you could also extrapolate those out and say everything you said about nation states and how countries get entrenched in their arguments and their right. battles and won't give up. And that's one of the things that's fun about writing the show is it right. can be so personal and then it's so global at the yeah. same time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Another relationship we see in a kind of different way that we haven't seen before in this episode is uh, Philip and Elizabeth have that great scene where they get pretty stoned yeah and i know you're a method actor so yeah. that must have been fun in the yeah. middle of the day we like to get high a lot yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that's the only way this show gets written very slowly <laughs> but getting a of, genuine a 1981 afghani pop was really challenging <laughs> what's so weird is that you. the prop guy had so much of it yeah. it was readily available <laughs> i told kimberly the reason i couldn't sleep with her was because i had to serve jesus instead Oh 
Um, I I think people love that scene for a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons is like uh, for Philip and Elizabeth, this is a very light scene for them and they're laughing and having fun. And at least for the two of them, it's obviously all relative being kind of honest with each other and and open and just sort of saying uh, what they think way more than they they normally do. Just in terms of the evolution of that relationship, not just this season, but to the series, like, I, I don't know. I don't think that scene could have happened any sooner no. <laughs> than this yeah. moment. It's um, true. But it is also funny that it happens in the middle of this Kimberly stuff that's going yeah. down, um, the Paige stuff that's obviously happening. Uh, just what do you think about where the relationship has come from and then ar- to arrive at that place in particular? So what's said in that scene? My memory of that scene without having seen the episode, my memory is that he come, I'm waiting, and I'm basically waiting for him to tell me if he slept with her or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I... I love, I was totally coming at that from not a spy point of view, but like from a wife point of view at 100%. So then when he says, come smoke pot with me, I'm like, okay, I'll go. And, um, and then you're right. It's, it, that scene is so loose. And he talks about how Jesus helped him out that yes, night. Yes, and we're yeah. laughing hysterically. Yeah. I'm shushing him. Yeah, that's right. He has the most ridiculous giggle, giggle <laughs> that you could just play on a loop forever. It's like the stupidest, most wonderful noise. Yeah. Um, it's going to be your ringtone from now on, right, Molly? Uh, is? Currently. <laughs> you know, it's also got this, uh, I think, twisted ending where the yes. very last line, yes. he says, but maybe he will sleep with yeah. her when he's older, which, you know, a lot of relatives, or a couple of relatives of mine were complaining about that line and saying they didn't like it. But I love that line because it's like, even they get this one happy scene where yeah. they're sort of together and cutting loose, but it's still at the end well, has and this right kind be- of sad ending. Yeah, yeah, and right before that, they almost seem like they've had this, like, not resolution, but yeah. This moment where he's like, I didn't sleep with her. I didn't do and, it. And yeah. she's like, oh, great. Good yes. for you. Yeah, right. And then he's like, then again. <laughs> I, I might have to. Might for the job. <laughs> I might have to. I was like, you, Phil. <laughs> you. Um, but I, I do think. Why do you have to be hating on his patriotism so much? <laughs> I do think he, he, he's only patriotic for sex. <laughs> he's like, wait, is she hot? <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it. Taking um, one for the team. Yeah, he's like, I'll take this one. Um, uh, I, I do think also, strangely, in the evolution of their relationship, this year more than ever, definitely towards the latter half, Like I feel like we're doing so many scenes where Elizabeth is sort of trying to reach out to him or, or wants Philip. And I feel like this year, Philip is really pushing back at her. And I feel like that's new. Um, if the first year was very much about, you know, them realizing that they want to be together for real in a very tangible, real way, marriage way. And then if the second season was m- much more about being together and protecting what was there in the family, I think this season, as far as the relationship, I think in this really bittersweet way, I think Elizabeth is really ready to be, you know, with him and, and be open. She's not willing to give up her ideals. And But that's a, that's one of the hard things about marriage is how do yeah. you maintain your ideals and your individuality right. even when you're ready to be open and right. accept somebody else. Sad times. 
Satan. guys, you really brought it down. Yeah, wait. <laughs> marriage. Uh, marriage always brings things down. Yeah, nothing Just makes kidding. you want to go out and get married like working on this show. Yeah. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I but I did love the fun of that scene and I, I, I did. It was like it was loose. It felt loose and fun and even though it had that weird ending <laughs> that moment is is good. Because I think those moments do exist amidst turmoil, you know? In relationships. Well, so in this episode, you actually only wear one disguise when you're with Hans, which is, I would say, a, a light day at the office for yes, you. Yeah. But like when you get the script and are obviously seeing that you're in this disguise or that disguise, some yeah. that are one off, some that are recurring, like Michelle, when you see Lisa yeah. and things like that. Um, how, how do you keep track of all of this? <laughs> and also then within that, how are you keeping track of like where Elizabeth is in each of these moments? Because we're also shooting this completely out of order. Yeah. We're shooting two and three episodes at a time. Um it's a little bananas, I would say. You know, we all you, you have little tricks, I guess. I, I sort of keep something on the front of my script where I sort of write all the scenes I'm in and if I'm in disguise or not. So I know kind of the the quick sheet of what's happening. And that way, when we're shooting multiple episodes, I can kind of refer back. But as far as <laughs> disguises and costumes, a lot of the fatigue has to do with am I wearing big brown contacts or not? You know, like the the big brown contacts, which creep all the camera boys out, um, are kind of the heaviest and most, uh, it's kind of like you're wearing dark sunglasses throughout the whole day, especially at night. If you're doing a night scene, I can't see shit. I'm always like, <laughs> what, where, what am I supposed to pick up? I don't, the, the disguises for the most part help. You know, they, it's, they're just like a weird, fun part of the show. Sometimes they're ridiculous. Um, but I, I, I like them. And this episode, I guess the Michelle, uh, that's okay. We call that the Lindsay Lohan. I don't know why. <laughs> it was in some incarnation more freckled and red-haired. <laughs> um, and I wear this pretty sweet 1980s electric blue eyeliner, usually with <laughs> It's real classy. And um, take, take that one home with you. Yeah, you yeah. In fact, it's really hard to get off. And there were a it's few moments and, in the yeah. first um like last year picking up my son from school, like not having it off all the way, coming in like it's some rough mom laid out late at night with electric blue eyeliner. Yeah. Carrie, do you ever forget and double take at yourself in the mirror? Yeah, sometimes. And you go, ooh, especially with eyes. Eyes, strangely, it changes. Like even when Matthew will come in with his brown eye, brown eyes really change someone when you're not used to seeing them with brown eyes. Um, but most of the time we just laugh at each other. Have you started pitching disguise looks? No. Do you think you should? <laughs> I'd, I'd be, I'd be scared. <laughs> I'd be scared. Well, because the the whole idea is like there's a lot of the same pieces that are repurposed yes. or used. Or shared I wear a lot of Matthew's ways. wigs, right? Yeah. And <laughs> I do. Vice versa. Vice versa. Um, yeah. But I, I don't know. I feel like you guys could go in there and sort of like you know, woolly willy it, you know, sort of like (laughs) if we get this ingredient with that ingredient. I'm usually jealous of his mustaches because (laughs) I feel like you throw a mustache on someone, they instantly look different, you know, or like a bushy mustache or a thin mustache. And there's only so much eyeliner you can like, it's like, ooh, no, wait, guys, this time I'm wearing green eyeliner. You won't know who I am. You know, it's like a mustache really covers significant parts of the face. So I'm always sort of jealous of Matthew's mustaches, but then I'm not because every time he wears a mustache, he always does this um, geisha girl laugh because he can't smile because it's glued down, and so he's always like covering, he's going, <laughs> covering, covering his his hand over his mouth. That always makes me laugh. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and taking time out of your busy schedule, thanks. getting getting all your eyeliner off. Yeah, thanks. You got here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you can put your pants back on. Thank now you. That you're leave. Thank you. 
That's it for this week. A big thank you again to my guests, Joe, Joel, and Carrie, for joining us. A big thank you to our producers, our producer who makes us sound funny every week, Henry Malofsky, our executive producer, podcast overlord, Andy Bowers, and Laura Mayer. Join us next week when we talk to Noah Emmerich, who in addition to playing Stan Beeman, directed Episode 7, Walter Taffet. I'm Molly Nussbaum. Thanks again for listening. This podcast is part of the Panoply Network. Check out our entire roster of podcasts at itunes.com slash panoply. That's P-A-N-O-P-L-Y.